Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Kalmetta here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And for today's topic, we are going to do a book review dictated by God to Susan Davis. And it is called Ready for Rapture, Total Surrender and Adoration. Susan, for those who might not know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how this book came about? Right. Hi, Dina. Yeah, I am here to talk about this book. It's called Ready for Rapture, Total Surrender and Adoration. And it's one of several books that I've got out right now. And as we talk about it today, we're going to get into the many reasons that I'm excited. In past interviews and past book reviews that we've done, I tell people that in about, I think it was about September of 2010, approximately, I began to hear from the Lord, hear his voice. I had heard from him you know, in small ways previously, just phrases. But at this juncture, I was beginning to hear a lot more at that point. And he was giving me personal messages, which was really awesome at that time. But then these messages soon started to turn into messages for everyone. And the predominant topic was warning people to get ready for the end times and to turn back to God, to turn back to his word, to turn back to him and his a relationship with him and his ways and his views and to surrender all to him. And these were this was kind of the primary thrust of the messages that I got. It was always focus on the Lord and leave the world behind and make a full surrender over to the Lord. And that was the thrust of everything at that point. So I started to put out these letters to other watchmen who I felt might be interested in what I was hearing from the Lord. And the the list grew and grew to the point where I had a publisher approach me, not specifically for this particular book, but for prior books. And he started to publish my books for me with many writings that I was doing, as well as hearing from the Lord and things of that nature. Now, my background is communications, and I'm a writer and had been for a long time previously. That was my full-time occupation. But the Lord had called me away from working prior to this point without, I had no idea, without any knowledge or knowledge of what that meant exactly, he had called me away from work, uh, my career in communications. So I had no idea what that would mean. But now looking back, I can see that he had all this worked out, that my future was not doing a secular job, that it was working for the Lord. And so during this time, I guess I could say it's been a decade that I've been working for the Lord. I've been involved in books and uh, doing interviews and, and things like that and just promoting the books and doing ministry work through various ways. And so this book is one of those ways, one of those projects. And I'm very pleased with this book because I think it's really focuses in on the heart of God and as we, you know, continue to talk about it today, we'll get more in depth about it. Is there anything you would want to say to people about hearing from God? Well, sure. I mean, I've spoken in past interviews about different experiences I've had and 
a lot of people question that anyone could hear from God. And I can understand that. I understand that completely because I used to be a very lukewarm, nominal Christian at one point, And I didn't think people could hear from God. And so when I started hearing from God, I was pretty surprised, <laughs> to be honest, because I always thought it was a one-way operation where we would talk to him and that was it. So you can imagine my shock and awe when I find out that God, in fact, does communicate with people. So that was pretty surprising. So when people say they don't believe that somebody hear from God, I, I can understand where they're coming from, but that doesn't keep someone who's being told by God they need to warn others from doing it. I mean, yeah, there's people out there that don't believe it, but that doesn't matter. We have to keep moving forward. I mean, when you hear from God, you have to do what he says. And so that's pretty much the way it is for, Amen. And for you everybody know, in the entire Bible. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it astonishes me that they would think that God wouldn't talk to people in this day and age. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. If he talked to people in the Bible, why wouldn't he talk to people now? Nowhere mm -hmm. does he say in his word, you know, at the end of Revelation, I'm going to stop talking to people. This is my only communication through this book and that's it. No, he doesn't say that. He says, seek me and you will find me. You know, call mm -hmm. unto me and I will answer you. Draw close to me and I will draw close to you. So that to me is open communication, right. <laughs> you know, so that's well, just right. my thoughts on it. Right, and you're right. And one of the one of the angles I like to give people is when the Bible talks about spiritual giftings. These spiritual giftings include things like tongues, interpretation of tongues, visions and dreams and words of wisdom, words of knowledge and things of that nature, works of wonder. The Bible talks about those kinds of things and healings. And the Bible never says that God stops giving gifts, and, and people can't give gifts to themselves, by the way. So there's one thing that most Christians would agree on, I would say, is that when somebody is hospitalized or has a disease or whatever is going on in their life, I would say most Christians would, would go, yeah, let's pray for a healing. Let's pray to the Lord that the person be healed. Nobody ever goes about saying, well, that's from a different dispensation, healings. And so we don't pray for healing because God doesn't heal anymore. Well, that would really be evil for somebody to go around and say things like that. Yeah. And yet, I would classify prophecy and things like dreams and visions that God gives people to communicate with them as in the same category as the gift of healing as a spiritual gift. And if you say you don't want to delete one of those gifts, you can't really delete them all out of the Bible. That's right. And so that would be my point. And the Bible is very clear about prophecy. It says, you know, to desire it above all, but you just got to get the book and read it. I don't know why people wouldn't want to believe in such things because we do serve a supernatural God. He's supernatural from every angle I've ever known him from. So we can't 
you know, we can't declassify him as such. And so I think it's the enemy that wants to declassify God as being supernatural and unable to give gifts to people or deciding that he would no longer do that. But I do have an interesting story about this. Okay, so the letters and documents that I was sending out that were words from the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm were pretty much traveling across the world, you know, into many continents and locations. It was really moving around. And I had a pastor in Africa contact me. Now, I didn't know this guy at all, uh, by the way, Dina. Did not know him at all. But he communicated with me by email, and he wanted to know if I would send him a picture of myself. I thought it was sort of an unusual but because he was a pastor, I decided to go ahead and just send him a picture. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, what harm could there be, right? He's in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just go with that. So I sent a photo and this guy wrote me back and it was so miraculous. He said that when he was reading the letters from the Lord that I was sending out, that he prayed for God to show him something so that he could believe these really were his words. And the Lord showed him me in a vision. And when he received the picture, then he knew that I was the one in the same of the vision he had. And he said that he totally believed then. That was, you know, he totally believed. So it was, it's things like this that I've experienced that are really amazing. And I like to share these testimonies. And over like this past decade, most recently, I can tell you that uh, I have had no less than over 30 people who have read these letters contact me in some way and tell me that they've had dreams about me in, in their dreams they see me in their dreams (laughs) that's really cool in some capacity and for them i think it's like a confirmation that what they're reading is from god but it's really stunning to have that much communication from people oh i had a dream and you were in it so this is very interesting i'm not sure it's just another confirmation that god has used and he uses so many ways but um Yes, he does. Do you remember um, the conversation that we had? It was a while ago. You were actually giving me words from the Lord. And I had asked the Lord to confirm to me, um, you know, test the spirits in regards to you. And during that conversation, you brought up something that I had talked to God about in prayer. Almost Mm -hmm. the exact words. And I was like, okay, God, all right, she's the real deal. Yeah, I, we really, I get a lot of these kinds of confirmations and, um, and that's okay. I mean, people are supposed to test the waters and uh, test the spirit and make sure, because I'd be the first to tell you that there's a lot of false prophets out there and that people should be operating in the spirit, surrender to the Lord fully and know what they're dealing with because there's a ton of people that are not telling it straight too. And that's pretty upsetting. And so I think it's good that people want to know if somebody is of God or not. So to get right back on topic again, um, (laughs) obviously you believe in and promote the rapture. What can you tell us about that? 
Well, uh, that is pretty much the thrust of the message that I've been dealing with over the last 10 years from the Lord is that there is thing as the rapture, although the Bible doesn't call it the rapture. It's a snatching away, caught up, meeting the Lord in the air. This word has come from Latin under the word rapimur, which means ultimately rapture, but the Although the word rapture, which has changed from Latin over to English, so essentially the event is a real event, whatever you want to call it. You know, if you want to call it the meeting of God in the air event, you you can call it whatever you want. Just because the word rapture can't be found in the Bible, well, you know, the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, and neither is the word Bible in the word Bible. So, I mean, let's let's just look at it for what it is. It's the point where God calls his people out of the earth, and it's, you know, it's closing in at that point because we see the Lord has given many signs to look for. And he says, when you th- see these things start to come together, you need to look up because, you know, your redemption draweth nigh. Amen is what scripture says. Now, another point I want to make is that I happen to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, that the rapture will occur prior to tribulation. In fact, the rapture is the trigger point that will ignite tribulation. And if you didn't have it that way, Dina, we know the tribulation starts, but there has to be a trigger point. That's Otherwise, right. how could you say, okay, we're in tribulation now? What would signify that we are technically in tribulation as the Bible speaks? Well, it would have to be the moment that the restrainer is taken out of the way, as in Second Thessalonians. So we have a lot of material about this topic, and I highly recommend people go back to it because I don't really have time to go through it all at this point. You know, if I could say anything to the listeners, it would be this. I am one of those kind of people that I spend a lot of time researching and investigating things. That That's sort of my background um, from my prior day job. Okay, And I really, 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 through prayer, a lot of prayer, and through a lot of reading and a lot of research, had gone to the Lord and asked for him to show me the truth about this matter. Because I did not want to go on record about something and be wrong about it. I really wanted to understand it and be able to defend something that I believed in wholeheartedly. And the the Lord has not disappointed me. He has shown me from so many angles in the Bible and in so many various ways that it is, in fact, pre-tribulation. So there is a church, and that is the Bride of Christ, and she will be found worthy to escape, according to Scripture. So take a look at some of our other material. I think Dina has a list of videos that we've done on rapture as a true event and pre-tribulation, and we can post it below. Yeah, I think people need to understand that this book is going to talk about a pre-tribulation rapture event. That's what it's about. So speaking of which, what will people find in your book? Well, I'm really excited about this book because it's a good-sized book. It's got a lot of content. It has 64 total chapters, so it's got a lot of material. 
And I can just go through and read some of these through the table of contents, some of the headings. That would be great, yeah. And just kind of discuss a little bit about what's in the book. You can just kind of get a feel for what the book's about just by reading the table of contents. Like for the first chapter, it says, is your will following the enemy of God or God? Okay, obviously, right out of the gate, this is an important chapter, right? Yeah. So immediately we get right into important stuff and chapter two is humble hearts will walk with their god and chapter three this is the hour of repentance and just moving down into this we talk about various things like partial surrender is no surrender i will not accept a lukewarm faith that's chapter nine there's a really great section in here chapter 10 on unforgiveness And we talk quite a bit about unforgiveness. This particular chapter is kind of special because I had an evangelist come to me and want to tell his testimony about unforgiveness. And it's a really powerful testimony of an encounter he has with God talking about unforgiveness. It's it's a really powerful story. And I think it'll really speak to many people because, you know, believe it or not, a lot of people, you know, cling to unforgiveness, even Christians, Dina. That's so true. Yes, they do. And that's a deal breaker for God. And I'm not just saying it. It's in scripture. Okay. It's right in there. (laughs) It's basically, if you don't forgive, God cannot forgive you. And so this is a very serious thing. And I had received a letter from the Lord addressing this matter. And this evangelist who was doing a publication in another country, he read the letter and it spoke to his heart. And so then he told his testimony about how God showed him about unforgiveness and wanted to talk about it. And we put it together in this one chapter. And I think it's I think it's a very important section of this book, although there's, you know, 63 other chapters. This is pretty important. Okay, here's another chapter heading. Chapter 11 says, read my word as if it is the last book on earth. And we've spoken before about how people are now engaging in Bible illiteracy, even though they have every electronic form available to them of the Bible. This is the most illiterate generation ever. And so God, I think, is calling people to come back to his word, right? Absolutely. And he certainly made it available. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's available Mm -hmm. on your phone, on your iPad. It's even available online. I mean, Mm -hmm. Bible Gateway is free. You can, you know, read the book online. And there, you can also get the Bible for, you know, um, you know, a simple Bible. Very inexpensive, you know. He's, He's made it so available that really... This generation, more than any generation, has no excuse why they cannot read the Bible. Right, right, that's right. Well, another point that the Lord has been using me to get out over this past decade is having a lot to do with pulling Christians away from a world oriented to the occult, okay? And so one of the chapters in here is focused on that. It's uh, called Weaning Christians Off Halloween. And I talk about that and 
how that is so important. And it's not even just like, oh, that's my idea. It is scripture-based. So we use a lot of scripture in there to point out how that's a problem with God. And we know the Holy Spirit isn't inspiring Halloween, so why would you want to be involved in it, basically? So you check that chapter out. Chapter 13, it says, There is a darkness on this earth that is spreading like a wildfire. And yeah, that's definitely going on now. There's some really fascinating stuff in here. I love like no other. That is uh, the Lord speaking. Chapter 16 is about fear of God, which, you know, is the beginning of understanding. And chapter 17, the heading is, I am the God of second chances, but time is running out. Here's another one that's very interesting, and it's chapter 22 is a section that I had written with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and its heading is God's judgment of the living. So I thought I would just talk a little bit further about this and just go into an explanation about this section as that God is a God who is a God that is a judge. And believe it or not, God can judge people while they're still alive, Dina. That's true. A lot of people don't think about that or understand it. They think that they can complete their entire life and at some point they can get right with God and then they can, you know, get through this life and it's all good. But God is a God of who judges the living and a lot of people don't think about that. But I have some examples I've put in here, like for instance, in Acts 5, 3 through 5, we see that Ananias, he lied to the Holy Spirit And he did it for the last time, okay? So the scripture goes on to talk about how he had lied to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit takes him out, and his wife as well, who was part of that. That's called judgment of the living. And they did this, and they did not have a chance to rectify things. They were taken out by God. And so this is a very serious time that we are in. And you can't really just take things for granted. So we need to really focus in on getting right with God today. And this chapter right here, God being the judge of the living, should cause people to have more of a sense of urgency about being right with the Lord. I mean, so many times you tell people we need to get ready because the rapture is right at the door and, you know, you get the eye roll and... (laughs) You you get the response, oh, I'm good, you know, I don't have to worry about that. It's, oh, he's been saying that for this many years. The Lord's not coming for this many years and all these different responses. But the truth of it is the Lord really wants to put urgency in people's hearts because just like what I had said, nobody really knows the day or the hour of their own time frame in this earth. Sure, I think there's a lot of people that will be raptured because I really personally believe the rapture is right at the door based on what the Bible says. But, you know, it could be somebody could be taken out of this life at any moment. Very and, true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Right. And here's the thing that a lot of people overlook and even pastors don't preach is 
the very identical thing that you would need to be ready to be rapture ready is exactly the same thing you would need to be if you suffered an aneurysm and or if you were in a tornado and your life ended or if you were in a unexpected car wreck and these things are happening every day and I read these headlines and I just wonder, was that person ready? Because at that moment, they are standing before the Lord, giving an account of their life, whether for good or for bad. And because the Bible says, out of the body, in the presence of the Lord. So it is momentary, okay? And so the question is, are you ready for that moment? So I think we need to be ready at all times. And that also includes for rapture. And there's never been a better time to be ready for rapture than right now, because obviously everything in the world is pointing to the Lord's return. And if people are focused on the Bible and reading and know what God wants from us and they can see the evil culminating in the world, there's a lot of Christians out there that are really excited about the the idea that the Lord is standing at the door and are really waiting anxiously for his return. And I can't say I blame them because the evil is just so profound now. And that means more than ever, we need to have our lives put together. Amen. But um, so there's there's a lot of different things in this book that you're going to find. Here's a couple more headings. Those who fight against me and my words will find they cannot win. That's chapter 29. Chapter 39 is the evil is cascading, overflowing into all aspects of life. And boy, if that isn't the truth, I don't know what is. And here's chapter 44 is right standing with God. So there is a lot going on in this book. And they can see these headings if they go over to a dedicated website we have for this book on our ministry website, which has a lot of our other books, which are also available free. But most of the books that are out there with my name on it have uh, dedicated book websites, and this one is no different. And so you can get in there and see a little more detail about this particular book. Can you, in fact, Susan, um, and I'll have that information on the screen, but can you read a portion of the book to us? Okay, I actually can. I have excerpt here from the book. It's actually chapter one, which I mentioned before, is your will following the enemy of God or God? And so we start with a couple scriptures. John 8, 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Okay, the next verse is from Matthew 7, verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And that's Jesus talking. So these scriptures show that there are only two wills, God's or Satan's. So the question for you, is your will following the enemy of God or God? I point this scripture out because of something the Lord revealed to me recently for the purpose of sharing with others. If you do not belong to God because you are not fully sold out to him and completely dead to self and surrendering your all to God, then you still are in the hands of the enemy to be used by him however he chooses. 
This, of course, is something very few people seem to be aware of, because if they were aware, there would be more people deciding to surrender their all over to Christ. When your spirit is not a god, and it is the enemy's, all the enemy wants is to destroy you. Although it does not seem possible, the enemy will have free access to your life to do his will and use your life for his evil plans. Many people have evil spirits who want them to be destroyed through divorce, loss of income, loss of life, and cast into hell ultimately. The Bible gives an example of how spirits inside someone can lead them into life and soul-threatening situations, like this young boy who was doing things he did not want to do. And so let's take a look at the scripture of Matthew 17 verses 14 through 18 and when they were come to the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying lord have mercy on my son for he is a lunatic and sore vexed for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water and i brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him then jesus answered and said O faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i suffer you Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So just like this scripture above describes the evil spirit and the devil ruling over the child, causing him to fall into the fire and into the water, imagine that Satan, who wants you to fail, is actually trying to lead you to do the things that would destroy you and your eternal life, causing you to fall into the fire and into the water. So stop falling into the fires and the deep waters the enemy wants to drag you in and out of. Be free of this evil, surrendering you all to Christ, and choose God's perfect will over your own will. Okay, so that was an excerpt from the book, and the point of that is basically just like the child was being thrown into the water and fire, he really didn't want to be going into those circumstances so is the enemy doing the same thing to people today. He's dragging them into suicide. He's dragging them into drug use that they can't get released from, and et cetera, et cetera. He's dragging them into situations, and that if they were not choosing to be part from God, these circumstances probably would not be going on, because that's not the will of the Father. And so... I think we really need to focus more seriously on getting right with the Lord, which is, by the way, a requirement for heaven. Amen. So, Susan, what languages will people find this book in? Well, of course, it's in English, but it's also all in Spanish for our many Spanish-speaking friends out there. And we have it in fully in Chinese, thanks to our Chinese translator, and we have it in African Ugandan, and hoping to get into other languages. So if anybody wants to do a translation for us, you know, just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And um, where exactly can your book be found? Um, I know it's on your website, and I'll have that information as I stated earlier. But um, is there anywhere else that they can find your book? Well, of course, it's on our website, and uh, we can put links here below for people to just download this freely. Very easy, very simple to get the PDF file and download it in the languages 
that we mentioned. And it's also available on Amazon for those who want a physical soft cover book. And as I've said before in other interviews, some people just want a book to hold on to and they don't want to just do the electronic device. And that's okay. The book is available for a very small fee through Amazon. The royalties from the book go right back into the ministry work. Just recently, I sent somebody a case of books to give away, and that's kind of where those royalties end up. I do not take money at all for the sale of the books because I do not profit from the word of the Lord in any way. And so that's how that's done. So if you want a softcover book, look it up on Amazon. You might be able to find it through other booksellers, possibly. And also, for people who have Kindle, for the very small price of 99 cents, you can load it up on your Kindle. It's almost, like, so cheap, it's crazy, right? (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah, right there, you could read it on your iPad or on your phone, right in your palm. So, easy access for 99 cents. Right, and Apple products, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. So, Susan, what do you finally want to say about the book in uh, conclusion? Well, I would invite people to take a look at the table of contents, and they can see all kinds of information that's in the book. I'm very pleased with this book because it covers a lot of topics that are right now for these times we're in. And I just hope people would download the free book in English, Spanish, Chinese, whatever, and then they enjoy the book, share it with other people because it's absolutely free. And here's another thing that we do with the ministry work with me and books and Dina with videos like we're doing. We know that Christians are very busy today and they have busy lives. They have children, they've got jobs and careers. And what we have done is We've dedicated our lives to doing materials for people, to give out to other people, and to make evangelism easier. So if you read the materials that we put out or watch the videos that we do, we just ask that you utilize them for outreach purposes, to reach your friends and family. If you know somebody you think that would benefit from the material that we're doing, it's easy You can just shoot them a link, and they can download it free. It's all free, and it's all easy to put out, and it's here. And we have to consider that a life saved from eternal hell is a big thing. We don't think about that every day, but it's, it's huge. I mean, you can't even put a price on something like that. You cannot put a price on someone being spared from hell for eternity. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. We totally ask that you consider sharing materials, giving our materials away. That's why we do it. That's why we dedicate our life to these kinds of projects. Right, Dina? That's right. It's all about the souls. Amen. It's all about eternity. Well, Susan, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show today and talking about this awesome book. I highly encourage all of you to go out there and download it or purchase it um, from Amazon. You will not regret it. And you know, a lot of people that have read this book that I talked to, they say that it's as if God is speaking directly to them. So um, try it out. And, uh, you know, leave your comments below this video, you know, 
maybe there is somebody out there that has read the book. So we, you know, love to hear from you and, uh, you know, share this video so that other people can um, hear about this awesome book and hear Susan's testimony. And Susan, is there anything else you would like to add? No, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this book and uh, have a chance to promote it. It's, um, I really appreciate that, Dina. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you again. And thank you to everybody that has tuned in. Stay tuned, you guys, because our next video is going to be really, really interesting. You will not want to miss it. So until then, God bless.